0: This is day 107, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, 1 Samuel 27 and 28, Psalm 23, 56, and 63. 1 Samuel 27 But David thought to himself, One of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. So David and the 600 men with him left and went over to Ashish, son of maiach king of Gath. David and his men settled in Gath with Ashish. Each man had his family with him, and David had his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail of Carmel, the widow of Nabal. When Saul was told that David had fled to Gath, he no longer searched for him. Then David said to Ashish, If I have found favor in your eyes, let a place be assigned to me in one of the country towns that I may live there. Why should your servant live in the royal city with you? So on that day, Ashish gave him Ziklag, and it had belonged to the king of Judah ever since. David lived in Philistine territory a year and four months. Now, David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerizites, and the Amalekites. From ancient times, these people had lived in the land, extending to Shur and Egypt. Whenever David attacked an area, he did not leave a man or woman alive, but took sheep and cattle, donkeys and camels, and clothes. Then he returned to Ashish. When Ashish asked, where did you go raiding today? David would say, against the Negev of Judah, or against the Negev of Jeremiel, or against the Negev of the Canaanites. He did not leave a man or woman alive to be brought to Gath, for he thought they might inform on us and say, this is what David did. And such was his practice as long as he lived in Philistine territory. Ashish trusted David and said to himself, he has become so obnoxious to his people, the Israelites, that he will be my servant for life. In those days, the Philistines gathered their their forces to fight against Israel. Ashish said to David, you must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. David said then you will see for yourself what your servant can do Ashish replied very well I will make you my bodyguard for life now Samuel was dead and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah Saul had expelled the mediums and spirits from the land the Philistines assembled and came and set up camp at Shunem while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa when Saul saw the Philistine army he was afraid terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or arim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, "Find me a woman who is a medium, so I may go and inquire of her. There is one in Endor, they said. So Saul disguised himself, putting on other clothes, and at night he and two men went to the woman. Consult a spirit for me, he said, and bring up for me the one I name. But the woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. He has cut off the mediums and spiritists from the land. Why have you set a trap for my life to bring about my death? Saul swore to her by the Lord, As surely as the Lord lives, you will not be punished for this. Then the woman asked, Whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid. What do you see? The woman said, I see a ghostly figure coming up out of the earth. What does he look like? He asked. An old man wearing a robe is coming up, she said. Then Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me from bringing me up? I am in great distress, Saul said. The Philistines are fighting against me, and God has departed from me. He no longer answers me, either by prophets or by dreams. So I have called on you to tell me what to do. Samuel said, Why do you consult me, now that the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done what he predicted through me. The Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hands and given it to one of your neighbors, to David." Because you did not obey the Lord or carry out his fierce wrath against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this to you today. The Lord will deliver both Israel and you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also give the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of Samuel's words. His strength was gone, for he had eaten nothing all that day and all that night. "'When the woman came to Saul and saw that he was greatly shaken, she said, "'Look, your servant has obeyed you. "'I took my life in my hands and did what you told me to do. "'Now please listen to your servant and let me give you some food "'so you may eat and have the strength to go on your way.' "'He refused and said, I will not eat. "'But his men joined the woman in urging him, and he listened to them. "'He got up from the ground and sat on the couch. "'The woman had fattened calf at the house.' which she butchered at once. She took some flour, kneaded it, and baked bread without yeast. Then she set it before Saul and his men, and they ate. That same night they got up and left. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 56. Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can your mortals do to me? All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. But this I will know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thanks Offerings to you, for you have delivered me from the death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Psalm sixty three. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory, because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wing. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. All right, so for me, this part of the story, I mean, there's something going on in 1 Samuel and then something I want to highlight in Psalms. But the part in 1 Samuel 27 to 28, this question pops into my mind. What is our relationship to God in desperation? Is it surrender or self-determination? And then the part in Psalms that really just captures me and I try to remember and focus is sometimes I think we call out to God and we want him to take away what's hard or, you know, that's the only thing we can think of. but when you read the psalms it's saying when you when i'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death it's the fact that we're going to walk through hard things we're going to feel a sense of desperation and we will be faced with this question what is our relationship to god going to look like in seasons or moments of desperation? Is it surrender? Are we reaching for him and for his rescue and for his presence in his time and his way? Or are we trying to call out to him and for the purpose of save me like this in this way right now, and we're trying to control the scenario? So in chapter 28, Dr. Ryan Kelly, in his interview with Nancy Gunthery describes this as Saul's second lowest point his lowest being his death, which we read about next. But Saul is so desperate to hear from God, but not for godly reasons. Dr. Ryan Kelly says, For selfish ones, remember Saul wants God to be a part of his world and is not willing to yield his whole heart to God to be a part of God's will and God's way. This desperation takes him to a medium or a witch to call Samuel from the grave. He's literally going to a medium to call a priest forth from the grave. This is referred to as necromancy, sorcery, or black magic sometimes. Mysterious as this is, it works. And Samuel has a word of judgment, a third word of judgment, really, for Saul. It seems worse in the sense that it predicts his specific death more or less as tomorrow and the death of his sons too. Saul is obviously devastated and takes refuge, takes comfort in the medium and the people around him. Not God. Yet at first he refuses what is being offered in terms of food, but when she more or less and his men persuade or command him to eat, they do. And for me, I just, the verse from Genesis 4 7 comes back to my mind, which says, If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. In this story, we see that the witch is symbolic of the adversary and she wants Saul. The adversary wants Saul. It's like his last futile attempt to resist being mastered when he says, no, I don't want that food maybe, but the adversary, but Paul has been giving himself over to his own self-righteous ways, doing the right thing less and less, so much so that for me, this signifies him being mastered or giving himself over to the adversary that desires to consume him, to take him from his maker, but the adversary cannot have us unless we obey it instead of God oh it's just devastating for me to think about and to reflect on i think of it like the last nail in the coffin for saul i'm convicted to ask myself when reflecting on this story what is my response to god when i feel this sense of desperation is it a surrender of my heart or am i calling to him like a genie or something like i want him to fix it and i've self-determined i want him to fix it in this way Do I yield on my knees to God, surrendering my sin for his atonement and yielding my portion of power and authority to represent him as the king of my heart and life? Or do I go to God to hear him for my comfort alone, for what I want and need alone, for the outcome I want singularly, and if I don't hear what I want or need, I take the actions to try and make what I want happen on my terms? Yikes! It's so much to think about. And the song that really pops in my head is I Surrender All. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. I so